We're live. Welcome <laughs> to Shed the Music's Spotlight Podcast. My name is Bob Habersat, and I'm a high school music teacher and co-founder of ShedTheMusic.com. Today's guest spends most of her time in the classroom at a public high school outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She's an active songwriter and musician, performing original music with her band, New Enemies, and composing and writing for film and musical theater. She is the co-founder and CEO of the music education publishing company, F-Flat Books, and is on a mission to empower music educators to create and collaborate to involve all learners in a quality music education. Please welcome Sarah Goulish. Yay, thank you for that introduction. No problem. All right, so first question, really, really important question. Mm -hmm. um, I, I need a number from one to 3,000. Ooh, 11, I'm going low. 11, okay, we're going 11. So I got, I have my 3,000 questions. <laughs> this is amazing. We're going to number 11. <laughs> I'm so nervous. This is okay. All right, here we go. Okay. Um, number eleven. Let's see if we can focus here. Number eleven. What? Uh, what is the quality you most like in a woman? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a good question. Um, well, maybe this is a newer thing. I'm actually reading a book right now called How Women Rise. Shout out to my um, mentor who gave it to me, and I like a woman who will lift up other women because we don't always see that happening in business and education so i love equality in a woman if she can champion other women yeah yeah and curly hair i like curly hair too in a woman <laughs> oh oh even more important question what kind of tea do you have going on right now oh okay yes because you are on our podcast and we're also drinking tea this is um, digestive relief wellness tea. I did not realize that, but that's that's what's happening. <laughs> I'm I'm rocking out uh, some coconut water. Mm. I wanted to make tea. I just didn't have time. We were talking before this uh, before the stream started. Uh, I was I had to run from a music booster um, thing, and I wanted to make the tea, but I got the coconut water. So so here we so here we go. And a banana. These are my go-to gig foods. So this is my gig tonight. Ooh, um, I like that. What? Speaking of gigs, speaking about music, what are you digging? What are you listening to currently? Oh, man. That's such a good question. And I feel like one that I should be prepared for. Um, this is sort of random, but I'm really into Willow Smith, Will Smith's daughter. She, do you, have you heard any of her recent stuff that she's put out? I had someone suggest to me to listen to something from Willow like three mm. days ago. Okay. So it's, it's on my faved Spotify, but I haven't so, taken the plunge. See, I have to look things up. So I'm saying the right thing. Um, so being a high school teacher, you can relate to this. A lot of the music that we get is kind of through our students, right? And she put out like a pop punk song, which just felt very high school to me. Like it was nostalgic in, in the way that I listened to music in high school, but then, you know, she has R and B stuff. She has this cool collaboration that she did that I've been listening to. So yeah, I've been diving into that. And then also, do you know the band Dr. Dog? I do not know Dr. Dog. Okay. So they are a Philly based band. They have their farewell tour right now. I'm seeing them in Austin this weekend um, because we couldn't get tickets in Philly, which is ridiculous. Um, so I've been just like listening to them nonstop. 
I need to add that to my list. So Dr. Dog. Dr. Dog, Willow. my Willows. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so you're still going. You're still like traveling to see music that you like. This weekend I am. <laughs> I mean, during the pandemic, that didn't happen at all. Um, for me, something I should mention is that I, you know, you talked about me playing music for years and then I actually married my drummer. We were in a band together and so much of our relationship was based on playing live music together and seeing live music together. So we've really missed it during the pandemic and we're just now starting to get back to shows, but we're usually not like flying across the country to see a show. This is kind of a unique thing. That's still really cool. Um, Cause you are an active and you just did you just win an award for like teaching from your district or something no (laughs) okay i'm um in the running for the music educator grammy that's what it was i saw something and i was like oh man she's like so you're, you're you're killing it as a high school music teacher and then you also have a business Mm -hmm. and you're seeing music and you're still interacting with music in like uh in like a, a real way you're like getting nitty-gritty into it um and then you just release this this course with cat reinhardt there's just so many things um i, I want to start with um kind of like what what do you what, what classes do you teach at the high school level yeah that's a good question so my position is a little bit weird because i teach I I should kind of back up. I've been at the same school for 15 years. So I've been there since I graduated college and I was hired to kind of revitalize this course. That was a core course. It was called art, music, and culture. And it was basically like a music and art history course that was team taught. Um, And so that's the bulk of what I do. We now call it collaboration and creativity, but it's me and an art teacher teaching together Every kid in the school takes it. Um, That's super fun. So we get to do lots of music making, art making, film, all sorts of things. And then I'm the orchestra director at my school and I teach all of our guitar courses. And we have some electives that may or may not run just depending on, you know, who signs up. So we do have a production course and then a rock band club and some after school stuff too. My goodness. I (laughs) wish... Every, I wish that was like a national standard is everyone needed a, a course like that to like, what is, um, what is the, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? What, what is the like overview of that course? Not the overview. What's the, what, what do you want kids to get out of that course? What's the like, essential what question? The essential, <laughs> yeah. The essential question. I think, uh, so I co-wrote the curriculum with my friend who's an art teacher, Stephanie Elstrom, shout out to her. And when we really sat down and thought, like, what do we want kids to walk away with? It really, um, what we see a lot, I don't know if you can relate to this, but kids come to high school and they're kind of pigeonholed into what they're good at and what they're not good at. And so you have these kids who are super creative because everyone has potential for creativity or they're super musical or artistic, but there's no space for them in the school or they feel like the school can't serve that part of them. So Overall, we want kids to walk out with a sense of that they are creative and to really identify where their creative strengths lie. So that creativity piece is huge. And then the collaboration piece is also really big. We want them to figure out how to be a good collaborator because that's just an important life skill, no matter what they do in life. So yeah, those two things are 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 the most important thing for us. Oh, that's so cool. 
Um, it kind of just segues into the next one. So what's what's the most important non-musical thing you want your students to learn and understand? Oh, these are such good questions. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like this keeps changing during the pandemic. Um, I'm wondering how this feels for you, but I feel like I've become much more of a counselor <laughs> than anything else. I don't know, just, just with virtual teaching and trying to connect with students, you know, so much more of my class is like daily affirmations and talking about what's, what we've been going through and that sort of thing. So I I think the most important thing I want kids to walk away with is just knowing their voice and knowing how to advocate for it. Um, and really finding who they are and, it's, it seems cliche, but feeling special, you know, I think a lot of education is one size fits all. And so kids either feel unsuccessful or successful. And we have this unique ability as arts educators to find like the special part of every kid. And so, yeah, I think if they leave my classroom with a sense that they have something to contribute to the class and to society, and they feel proud of that thing, then I feel like it's a win. I'm sure your uh, well, your district needs to to know how much impact that class has on on your students because, mm-hmm. yeah, from what from what I'm seeing in my classes, it's something as simple as us not being able to see each other's faces and having mm-hmm. that year and a half in isolation. Like there's there's some serious stuff that's been done. I don't want to say like things that are happening post pandemic because we're not post pandemic right now, but in this weird limbo time. I think you you hit it on the head. That's they. Everyone needs to be able to, you know, understand and express their feelings and know that they have a way to to get things out creatively and know that they are they are special. Um, yeah. So so, what's the most important musical thing you want your students to learn and understand? Um, I would call it musical autonomy. I mean, if you boiled it down, I think. I saw this problem when I was starting to teach, which was, I was a band director earlier on in my career. And, you know, I remember a kid senior year packed up her clarinet and was like, well, I'm done playing music. Never going to take that out again. And I was like, man, does music making just end when senior year ends for these kids? And so for me, it became really important. Like, how do I develop their musical autonomy so that they can, you know, graduate and become adults and college students who continue to play music, who continue to collaborate with others, who have the tools to keep pursuing it. And things have changed now with YouTube tutorials and stuff like that. Um, But it's really different for each class. So for my orchestra students, it might be teaching them to play more by ear and learning some other instruments in their toolkit, not just their string instrument. For my guitar students, it might be, you know, teaching them skills to play in a band, to play with bass and drums. And so it really kind of depends on the class, but I want them to have that kind of creative autonomy that they don't need a teacher in front of them telling them what to play when they graduate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the whole having orchestra, um, players just not be on the page all the time. That's the theory. Mm-hmm. As a, like I am on the total opposite end of the spectrum. I'm like a guitar store guitar player. That's what I was in high school. So I love that description. You know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about. I'm yes. Guy. I'm afraid of them because they can outplay me <laughs> in the guitar store. <laughs> Until you put music in front of us. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the total opposite end of the spectrum. Um, 
because we're all off the page. As soon mm-hmm. as we go on the page, then we are as, if not more, uncomfortable than orchestra students when they're trying to, you know, improvise or mm-hmm. play by ear or, you know, trying to do something, just anything off the page. Um, how, how, how do you feel yourself in that continuum of like an on, de, on the page, off the page uh, teacher and then not teacher, but musician? And then how do you compensate for the other side? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, and I'm actually glad that you asked this because I feel like now I've become this person who always talks about improvisation and songwriting and creating. And I think people assume that I was an off the page person my whole life. Um, which I was in some ways, but I'm a very much on the page type person. I am a pianist primarily. I got through school by being a good sight reader. I was a great accompanist because I could sight read really well. And so um, I was creative in some aspects. Like I had some mentors growing up who encouraged me to write songs. That's how I got into songwriting. But I always felt uncomfortable when I was playing with, you know, like a couple of times when I played with gospel musicians who just improvise like crazy or, you know, um, with others who were playing by ear and didn't need sheet music, I always felt very insecure about my needing that crutch. And so it's something that I've definitely, I definitely had to work through a lot in college. So in college, I'm like playing in a rock band in my basement with non-music majors who didn't read music, who are playing off the page. And then I'm, you know, in a practice room learning Beethoven. So I feel like I had this kind of split personality. And um, when I got into teaching, my off the page self never entered in because I felt like, well, this is a formal education setting. And I was taught formally and no one really did that with me in school. So I didn't have a prototype of what that could look like to bring that kind of learning into the classroom. Um, and then when I went back to grad school and started seeing other people who were doing it, it was like mind blowing to me that, Oh, we can have both. Like both of these can coexist and it's actually what we should be doing. And so it's taken me a while to get there. So you actively saw that you weren't, um, like that you were on the page, you were, you know, reading the, the Beethoven, all, all the piano stuff. And then you, you saw this thing, you felt the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you, instead of, you know, like, ah, going away from this comfort, you're like, all right, discomfort. <laughs> you know, my name's Sarah, Sarah, and, I, and I'm here to, uh, to, to, to overcome. Do you, how do you share that lesson with your students? Or do you talk about that with your students? Yeah, because I still do it. I still, um, I'm not good at playing violin and I will play violin for them. I'm not good at uh, playing electric bass and I'll play electric bass for them. So they still see me working out my musicianship on a daily basis. And I talk about it with them. I talk about things that I'm uncomfortable with, but that I'm trying. And, and, and I do really encourage them if they're feeling apprehensive that it's normal. And I try to put supports in place where I'm never like, go try this crazy thing that's giving you, (laughs) you know, nightmares. It, I really do want them to feel supported, safe. Um, and if you think of like, I know you've played in bands. I feel like we have kind of like a similar, uh, maybe high school music story, but, you know, thinking about the bands I played in, in high school and college, 
all of the jamming that we did, it was a very slow process to comfort. You know, the bandmates that I had that I grew really comfortable jamming with, it wasn't on day one. Like it took forming that relationship. And so when I think about my orchestra students jamming, I don't expect that day one when they improvise and jam, they're going to be comfortable with us. Like that's something we're going to build over time. And, and so I feel like I'm pretty patient with that too. It's, it's so awesome that you... You know, you show them like, hey, here's my electric bass playing, guys. Like, I'm still working on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's me with piano. So I'll be like, all right, uh, I'm going to try to play only seventh chords without the root today. I can't play roots. Yeah. And then I'll be like, uh, uh, uh. That was just a bunch of of weird sounds. Um, so So I just had a student teacher, and he's great at the violin. So good at the violin. Lord bless him because we needed him. And I would sit in with the kids and just, you know, kind of bop around to different places and play different instruments. And I think the cool thing is too, like the kids who come to me afraid to play in front of me because they say like, I'm not very good. A lot of freshmen say that to me. I'm like, I'm not good at the violin. Don't worry about it. I'm here to help you. We're on a journey. We're going to get better together. But, you know, the one time he was conducting and I'm sitting there and he's like, um, Dr. Ghoulish, we're going to need to work on your bow arm after class. I was like, okay, I get it. But like just this idea that the kids know it's not like a secret that I'm bad at some instruments or that I'm on a journey. You know, I don't try to hide it from them. They know that I'm more comfortable with some than others. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Dr. Dr. Goulish. <laughs> no. I don't know how I'd take that. I was um, like, okay, slow your roll. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so this this has been uh this would be an awesome conversation with just a music educator because you're saying some some really insightful things for listeners. You're saying some insightful things for myself. Um, but you're not just a music educator. Uh you have a bunch of other hats. Mm. So what what is F Flat Books? F Flat Books is a digital publishing company that I started two years ago with my brother. Shout out to David. Um, and it kind of started because I just wanted a space to exist that didn't exist. I wanted a fair pay publisher in music education. I wanted um, a space that could house digital resources. Um, I I had worked on publishing my first book a few years before that and just felt frustrated. Um, It wasn't very flexible. The process was tedious. Um, Academic royalties are terrible. I mean, terrible. So I just felt like this system is so broken. Is anyone else noticing this? And I would talk to other friends and colleagues and everyone just sort of threw their hands in the air like, yeah, that's how it is. So I just wanted to make a difference and do something, reimagine what it could be. So I launched it with a couple of friends who were also in a similar position as me. We just had a few books on the site and really um, pretty quickly we saw that there was a need for this kind of space. There was a need for um, a hybrid publishing model in music education. And so now our focus is not only, you know, publishing resources, but we do a lot of professional development. And then we do a lot of what we call like author empowerment, which is basically um, teaching people how to create and share content and not, you know, what we see with a lot of publishing companies is either you get accepted or you get rejected. There's no one who's saying, 
hey, your work isn't quite there yet, but let's help you figure out how to take it to the next level. And so that's who we want to be. We want to be for people, but we also want to be for the authors. So our authors um, get 70% royalties instead of 5%. And they have a lot of autonomy in what they do with their work. They own their creative content. Um, and yeah, it's been really fun. And so it's it's a, a side hustle that is a lot of hustle right now. <laughs> You you seem to be so good at um, having people feel like they're a team and like mm. they're part of something. Uh, and then you also have like an amaz- amazing like way that you delegate like your podcast is, you know, you have other teachers helping you out there. Uh, is your, does your brother a music teacher too? He's not. No. So my brother, um, he, well, he's kind of done a, a billion different things. He's, very smart person. Uh, he plays some music, but he did a lot of like web development and e-commerce work with other people. He actually lives overseas in France. And so when I talked about this idea, I was talking about this publishing idea. He just said to me, I could build this for you. Like, I know how to do that. Why don't you let me do it with you? So it just was a little bit random and it's been great. Gosh, everyone needs yeah. Sarah's brother. I know, David. <laughs> Jeez, shout out to David. This is this no, is the thing I started to David. today uh, in class. It was like someone did something good, uh, and then I was like, "All right, throw him some heat." And then everybody would like warm up their hands and then throw him <laughs> the heat. So let's throw David some heat. Give him some heat. There we go. Okay, threw him some heat. Love it. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, taking that. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. It, it's it's yours. It's royalty free. Throw him the heat. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I'm trying to think about where, where I was. Um... We're talking about delegation. I actually yeah. want to, can, can I ask Do you a question? Absolutely. Ask me a question. Because I know we both played in bands. I really think that playing in a band is kind of like owning a small business in some ways, you know, like everything I learned about marketing and branding and hustling and doing things that you might not be ready to do and putting yourself out there, um, getting feedback, having conversations with people that you don't know, like all of that is stuff that I did in the context of a band. And, and so, you know, that collaboration element, making people feel like they're part of something, the person who's running your merch and the person who's driving the van and like all of those people, you want them to feel like they're in the band, even if they're not on stage. And I feel like, there's kind of this through line with everything I do that kind of comes from that band mentality. Yeah. I was just, I was just the diva in the band. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) People carried your gear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're part of the family. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Carry my half stack to this tiny uh, coffee shop. Uh, Now I know what I, what I wanted to ask. Um, So what went, what made you go from the, cause I know there are a lot of people that have ideas like you had, like I want to mm. make this, there's this thing that doesn't exist and, and someone, someone should make it exist. Um, what made you go from like idea to let's do it? Because I know there are a lot of people out there that have those ideas. Um, they might be amazing ideas, but how do you go from like the seed to a sapling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good question. It's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, Someone asked me something similar recently. And 
I don't want to say that I'm not afraid of failure because I certainly am. Like I'm afraid of looking dumb in front of people. I'm afraid of what people think of me. I'm afraid of people respecting me or taking me seriously. But I do think that I have been able to, in many situations, overcome the fear of failure for the potential of what if, you know, because there's that question, like, what if it doesn't work or what if it has all these issues? But there's also the question of what if it's amazing? And I tend to be someone who likes really toying with that idea. And so I think it tends to push me over the edge when I'm considering something that seems to have a lot of barriers or, or elements that would make it challenging. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's embedded in me from childhood or something, but um, I do think you have to be okay with failing when you have that idea and you want to try it. And I think that's the hardest part for people is just recognizing that it might not work or it will never be what you think it will be. So F flat books today is not what I thought it would be in 2019. It's way better than I could have imagined, but very different. And so being open to launching an idea and being okay with it, taking different directions is really important. I think that's uh, something that should be on a banner above every uh, music classroom. Maybe we can print it out on like a dot matrix printer and we can like tear off little circles. It's uh, what if, what if it's amazing? You know, like we always think about like, Oh, Oh my God. Uh, if I do this, it's gonna like, if I play violin in front of this person, they might go like Dr. Coolish, you need to work on, but yeah. you know, what if, what if, if I go to play it, you know, like what if it's amazing, but there, yeah, there's that, that editorial voice that happens a lot um, with our students and with, you know, anybody, whatever, whatever age you are, whatever stage you are in your career, that mm -hmm. editorial voice sometimes can be such a nag. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but, but what if, what if it's amazing? That's, that's and also, a, yeah. what's the core of why you're doing it? You know, there are so many things that I think about doing. And then when I boil it down, I'm like, the only reason I want to do this is to build myself up. If I'm being really honest, like, because I want to look cool or special or, you know, have people think I'm awesome. But there's a lot of ideas that aren't that, that are really to help other people. And so with F flat books, you know, the mission was always purpose-driven to help others. And that really fueled me. And so even if I look dumb or if I fail, <laughs> but other people are benefiting from the platform, then it's so clear to me, like, okay, yeah, this is a win because this was my mission. And so I think that's a good thing too, to nail down with any idea is just why do you want to do this? Like, what is the heart behind it? Um, not that you can't do things to try and look cool, but I think, you know, for me, like you said, I love community. I love being a part of a team. So if I'm building a team and then we're kind of all in it together, then that really motivates me and it fuels me. Yeah. Um, so I, I want you to estimate because it, it took me longer than it should. Like when you look at F flat books, the time it takes when you look at the title and then you figure out the title. What do you think the uh, the average wait time is for a person in the know? Because uh, <laughs> for, me, was a for weird me, it was like, I, I looked at it and then I was like, oh, but immediately I was mad at myself for how long it took <laughs> me to figure it out. I think the sound that a lot of people make when they see F flat books is they're like, 
oh, ah, oh. like the uh <laughs> is the like it took me that long to figure to figure it out. Um, okay, more heat to David because he came up with the name. Give it up to David. The heat's going Send to France. France. <laughs> um, David was like, he loves puns to the point where like he would post puns on our social media all the time, and I'd be like, stop with the puns. Um, so he knows enough about music to know that F flat books is a pun and he came up with the name and I was like, absolutely not too nerdy, too dorky. Nope. And he's like, that's exactly what we need. We need to be, you know, like honed in on this one group of people, the people who get it, will get it. It'll be great. And it was a great decision. So shout out to David. He knew what he was talking about. But yeah, we'll have authors who a year later after publishing their book will send me a text and they'll be like, oh my gosh, Sarah, I just realized what F-flat books means. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so I shouldn't feel bad about my time. No. It wasn't a year. It was longer than it, it felt like at least two years to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so you you're, you're under here. average. I'm under average. Well, you're above average person, okay. but you're under the average of how long it takes. Okay. All right. Cool. That's how, that's how I'm going to take worth of myself from now on. Yeah. How quick I can figure out puns. Yeah. Um, so you're an amazing teacher. You're putting all this effort into your students at your school. You're also a mom, right? Mm-hmm. And a traveling music listener, a music <laughs> business uh, entrepreneur, owner thing. You're writing this curriculum that I want to talk in a little bit. How do you balance that all? Oh, okay. Um, well... I feel like whenever I get this question, I like to point out that there is no way to do it. <laughs> like, let's just put that out there. So I think anytime you choose to do something, you're choosing to not do something else. Right. And so for me, you know, um, I've had people in my life who have said like, you're always writing or you're always working, but doing a flat books, writing music, all of those things, like those are really life-giving for me. So at the end of the day, if I'm working on, you know, creating a resource or connecting with an author or doing a podcast with Bob, that doesn't feel like additional work or burden to me. So that's one thing. Um, I'm also just super, super scheduled. You know, all of my time is so scheduled to the point where like, the time when I come home from work till my kids go to bed, I'm with them. Like that's my time with them. I'm not going to schedule stuff for F flat books or for schoolwork. And I also just try to take advantage of the margins we have as teachers. So a lot of our work with F flat is over the summer when I'm not teaching full time. And then during the school year, we're kind of dialing it back and it's a constant dance. I had someone tell me, um, Rallo Dilworth, who used to be my mentor at Temple, just every six months that he would kind of take stock of the next six months of his life and rebalance it. You know, did he want to do more speaking and traveling or did he want to do more music creation or more teaching? And so I think that's kind of where I've been, where I'm trying to be more intentional about how I balance my time, but you know, it's still crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that life giving piece, mm. you hit it on the head. Like people be like, Oh, you're, you use work too much, mm -hmm. but, but, and then what's your hobby? It's like, well, my, I really like making resources and little <laughs> cute animations so that my students and other people can understand this to topic. It's it, yeah, it's it's like urgh, we have dorky hobbies. Thing. That's yes. the problem. Our hobbies are dorky. Super dorky hobbies. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and uh, you you also have this thing uh, that that I want to hit on um, this songwriting for for music educators mm-hmm. um, with Cat Reinhardt. Am I saying your name correctly? I would hate to like, Reinhardt. Reinert. Reinert? Yeah, Reinert. No, no H. Reinert. Okay. Um, so you have uh, this thing with Kat. I, I, I met you um, for the first time at a hybrid APME conference, and mm-hmm. I, I met the, the whole APME crew, and I got to meet Kat for the first time, and it like opened my mind up to like, oh, this is where my people are at. This is so interesting. Yeah. Now, now I know where everyone is. Um, but I, that that whole like, I think as music educators, we're so wrapped up in our ego. You know, we have mm. batons. We we don't want to suck at violin and electric bass in front of our students. We want to show yeah. them that we're it. Um, but some of that is the vulnerability. The vulnerability of songwriting um, mm. is so. It's such a boundary. Um, can you tell me about this this course? Um, kind of like what was the impetus for it, and then just maybe a little sampling of like you know what's in it. A song sampling. You want me to sing you a song? <laughs> you can sing. Go ahead. You can sing me a song. As I will sing my answer in a <laughs> I do have a violin somewhere, so watch out. Um, great question. Okay, so I've been songwriting since I was a kid. I sung most of my songwriting was in the context of my band, and Cat and I connected during the pandemic. I had known her in some different ways through APME, like you mentioned, we connected in the pandemic because I thought I'm going to take voice lessons. Why don't I work on my voice and becoming a better singer? So I was taking voice lessons from Kat and we both happened to be teaching songwriting courses at the time. I was teaching one at Temple University as an adjunct in their graduate program. Kat teaches at Ryder University and she was also offering one um, just over Zoom to music educators. And we kind of saw the same things with our students, which is with a lot of music educators, we get this far in our schooling or our career. We've never really done any songwriting before. We want to do it with our students, but it's super scary because we haven't done it. It's our, you know, electric bass or our violin. And, and I think you hit it on the head, which is looking silly in songwriting feels more vulnerable than something else because you tend to be sharing you, right? You tend to be putting yourself in a song, not always, but you know, there is some aspect of you that gets embedded in everything you write. And so, um, at first we just thought like, let's write a book. Let's take everything we've learned. Let's take our curriculum. Let's write a book. And so we wrote a book that we published on F books and we got such great feedback and people wanting more interactivity with the exercises that we did. So we thought, let's do a course. <laughs> so I actually quit all of my adjuncting jobs this past summer and just focused on creating this course so that, you know, anyone anywhere could take it, not just the students at Temple or Buffalo where I was teaching. And it's been really cool because we have been able to connect with educators all over the place. And we do start, like you said, with this sense of self and who we are and why we have fears and hesitations towards being creative. And then we kind of guide the educators through this dual process. It's like you're working on your own creativity, you're working on your own songwriting, but you're also thinking constantly about how does this apply to the classroom? Yeah. Ooh, this is our course. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I was just, I was scrolling yeah. for the people. Oh. Giving some like weird B-roll. <laughs> you're I'll, doing, I'll no, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the gist of it. And, um, 
it's like uh, all of our dorky hobbies keep having babies and more dorky hobbies that keep having more babies. So uh, really fun for me because I feel like with F flat, like my role has kind of been curating other people's work, but the songwriting and, you know, original music is where my passion really lies. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at it. This is yes. me here. I'll, this is me looking at it. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you should look at it too. Um, song, the, the URL is, I'll put myself away there. URL is <laughs> songwriting for me. Yes. Um, Songwriting for me. Yeah. And, you know, um, one of the cool things has been, so we've had a couple of people who've moved through the course now. One of the cool things has been hearing feedback where a teacher will say, yeah, I was working through this exercise myself. And the very next day I did it with my kids. And that's kind of what we were envisioning. Because I do think a lot of professional development is just all about the kids um, it's all about what we can serve our students, but it's not really about developing the teacher's musicianship. And I know that you also do professional development that is meant to serve the teacher and their musicianship, which I think is really cool. Thank you. My, I, I just got a low battery warning. Give me one. Um, you can <laughs> keep like, talking while you I- You sound I... far away. Bob sounds very distant right now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I, I should also say that when I first started teaching, I wasn't like guns blazing. I'm going to do songwriting with all of my students. I had kids who came to me who already wrote songs, who wanted guidance and that sort of thing. But it wasn't until, um, you know, a few years into teaching that I realized, wow, this is something that all of my students can benefit from. And so it's now embedded in all of my classes, but I say this so that if there's anyone listening who just thinks like that feels super overwhelming to think about having students create original music. I've been there and that's part of why we created all of these resources. And we have a ton of free re resources too on the website. Um, some like free workshops that you can watch on demand and that type of thing too. So is there, is there a synchronous, um, I hate saying that word. Well, I just got like full body convulsion from saying PTSD. Ah, okay. So is there a, a synchronous component to this? Um, like a, some sort of community where people can bounce ideas back and uh, uh, between each other. There is, but I do have to say as an aside, you make me think that in years from now, we're going to be like, do you remember the first time you heard the term social distancing? And do you remember the first time you heard the word asynchronous? <laughs> Just all of these terms that have, you know, become embedded in our lives. Um, yes, there is a synchronous component. So our we have like a, you know, Facebook community that is built up of people taking the course, but then we have a couple different levels and the second and third level of the course, you get to have a monthly Zoom where we basically are workshopping ideas, we're supporting teachers with their lesson planning and that type of thing. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still I'm still looking here. I'm looking. I'm looking at what's included. I'm going down here. What's included? Love it. Facebook group. Your tech is so fancy. I want to give you some heat. <laughs> I'm getting heat. I feel it. I'm getting more. <laughs> actually, the 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 tech room uh, gets a little warm in here. So if you could yeah. actually, if we could somehow take the heat out of this room <laughs> and then put it. I don't know anywhere. You want you want you want us to suck your heat. Suck the heat, please. I need I need like some endothermic, exothermic. I forget, I forget which one it is. Um, so yeah, like um, 
are you going to do more than one level? It's beautifully done. Like the website's beautifully Thank you. done. The, the video that you put out is beautifully done. Um, that you... means a lot coming from Bob. Aw, thank you. That's so much heat in here now. Bob um, is a, a tech guru. I'm trying. trying. <laughs> I, need, I don't have a David. I need to find a David. You need a David. <laughs> Every Bob needs a David. <laughs> That's a children's book. Um, <laughs> so do you see this uh, going out to students at all? Or is that something that F-flat would be interested in the future? Like having some component of this uh, this course to, to like be used in the classroom and then have mm. students sign up for accounts? That's a great question. Um, I, I think Kat and I are talking about, there's so many different possibilities that we can do. And, you know, she and I both work a million jobs. So it kind of just depends on what feedback we get from this first cohort and we're really going to listen to our audience and see what they're looking for, but we do have plans to offer more things in the future. And I think that's a great idea. Um, I, you know, a lot of what we do offer our teachers or people who take the course is tools that they can take to the classroom, take to their students. So we have it embedded in that work, but we're not speaking directly to students. So I could imagine that something like that would be really cool. Yeah. I'd be really interested in, in checking this out. Um, and, and you're, you're doing, um, so subscribe to who should, uh, on the social medias, who should we subscribe to if we want to like get, uh, information about this? Is there like a, uh, like a newsletter? Oh, there's a button that says newsletter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we're on, button. This is we're on Boy. TikTok. We're on Facebook. <laughs> we're on Instagram. We're on all the things like this endeavor brought me to TikTok, which is a dark world that I am dipping my toes into. But yeah, I, I can share it with you too. Um, if you want to add in all the links. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, how many, how many devious uh, licks did you have at your school? Did you get any devious licks from the TikTok thing? Oh my gosh. Yes. I don't know the number though. Oh, okay. Yeah, like things you didn't know. That was wild. That was that whole th this year feels like 20 years because that feels like 20 years ago, but it was just, you know, three weeks ago. Yeah, it's the memetic, 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 the memetic evolution. Um, we're, we're seeing like before, like songs, we're doing it, we're doing songs in my modern music ensemble that were popular a month ago. And the mm -hmm. kids are like, Mr. Habersett, no one. It listens to the song anymore. This is vintage right. now. And right. It's like, whoa, whoa, okay. So everything just moves so fast. Yes. Can't keep up. Can't keep yeah. up. Um, so, I mean, tomorrow's Wednesday, mm -hmm. right? Um, do you have any, like, Wednesday tips, just like a teaching tip, something like a motivational thing, something that maybe you're working through, or something that you have people work through with the songwriting uh, uh, course, just like one one thing to wrap up this portion of the podcast that you want mm. people to like get out of listening or watching. I think we have we've had five people at one time, which is pretty cool. Ooh. People uh, all together. So yeah, hey, um, people for those for those five. <laughs> um, what uh, like single tip? Okay, I'm gonna give you a tip that I stole from Julia Campbell, who wrote The Artist's Way. 
Julia Cameron. I'm sorry, Cameron. She wrote The Artist's Way. Have you heard of The Artist's Way? I have not heard of The Artist's okay. Way. Um, if I have it, I don't have it close by. Amazing book. It's basically a six-week uh, course on unlocking your creativity. And she created it for writers that she was working with in New York. And then it kind of applies to anybody. But one of the... Um, one of the practices you start doing when you're moving through this program is you do what she calls morning pages, which is just like a morning journaling brain dump. And you just write for three pages, anything that's on your mind, you get it out there. And when I did it as a student, I noticed how much it helped me just get rid of all. I think as teachers, we wake up and our brains are spinning already, right? What are we going to teach in this class? Oh, we have that email from that parent from last night that I have to get to when I get there. And my kids were crying in the middle of the night. Like as a parent, there's a million things going on. And so if I can schedule in 10 minutes to just brain dump on a page, it changes my entire day. And I do think it helps me be more creative because all of those things that are going on inside that might be blocking me, I've gotten them out. And so I encourage my students to do that if we're doing a creative activity, but I also try to do it on a daily basis. So my advice for you tomorrow morning is wake up 10 minutes earlier, do a 10 minute brain dump on a page and see what changes. It's a pen sieve. That's <laughs> what you're doing. It's the pen sieve. Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Sometimes I have uh, like unwanted brain dumps like last night mm. there was someone had a nightmare there was mm -hmm. there, were, there were multiple we had dumps. two nightmares last night two my son the seven-year-old and my three-year-old we had we had one nightmare and then, and then i don't know what but you had, had a nightmare what <laughs> you had a nightmare I, yeah um but i had i had some pensieving uh <laughs> on, on my phone it was like oh god i have all these things to do and I have to write them down. But, you know, if you schedule it, like I'm going to do it in the morning, I'm going to mm -hmm. write three pages and then it's cup like of practice. coffee, cup of coffee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Routine. Instead of like, mm -hmm. I'm going to watch some dumb YouTube videos on cars. That's me. This is me. That's what I do. Yeah. That's okay. So tomorrow yeah. morning I'm going to wake up. I'm going to mm -hmm. wake up and I'm going to do this thing. And I uh, invite all of you to do that too. That's going to be my, my thing. I'm so now we're going to try something absolutely insane. Ooh, yes. Um, I haven't done this before with this platform. Um, we're going to hop on a sound trap file together. I've invited you. So, um, Did you here, invite me? I've invited you. I think I've invited you. Uh, collaborator. So if you're on okay. waiting, for, waiting for Sarah Gulish to accept the invite. So um, Soundtrap is a cloud-based DAW and... Um, one of the coolest things that you could do, just like with a cloud-based uh, document program like uh, um, Google Docs or something, is you can collaborate in kind of real time. Hey, speaking of real time. I'm here. Um, and, and you can collaborate. Uh, and unlike Google Docs, you can't collaborate in real time together because if you think about it, like if you're recording on the same track with someone, how is the program going to know. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I lived in this interesting apartment when um, before we had kids. My wife and I lived in this apartment. Everybody in the apartment was like a creative. It was so weird. There was like a graphic designer. There was like a, 
like people that worked at the museum. There was a jazz piano player. There's a cellist. We were all we'd all hang out. And this jazz piano player, he was he was brilliant. His name was Kyle. We'd play this game, and he had GarageBand. And the the part of the game was you could only use a typing keyboard. We're not going to play that. It's a silly part of the game. But the game was you would record a thing, and then you would just go back and forth like. Kyle would take a turn, then I would take a turn, then Kyle would take a turn, then I'd take a turn. So we're going to do this, um, like... You have a crying, crying child. You have a crying child? Yeah, that's what's happening right now, so... Oh, it's okay. It'll be fine. Let's throw, (laughs) let's throw calming, calming heat, child. (laughs) Calming heat towards my three-year-old. Throw calming heat. And my husband who has to deal with the (laughs) three-year-old. Maybe the drumming skills will have something to do to help. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the drumming helps. Okay. Um, so we're we're on the same one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who wants to go first. So do you have, um, I know that you have to, you have, oh, you have, is that a, which uh, keyboard uh, controller is I that? have a no, an impulse, Novation impulse. I thought you were going to, I thought you were just talking about like, I have an impulse. Let's, let's <laughs> I have do an this. impulse <laughs> to play something. Yeah, but it's the, yeah, he doesn't seem to be working right now so i might just be using the instruments on a on soundtrack which will be fun oh no i'm sorry novation i know novation does not like me today um or it doesn't like the input that i'm using but that's okay um are you talking about just like is are you using its own uh sounds or using as a midi controller i mean i have a yeah i was gonna use as a midi controller i have a lot of dongles happening you don't. I should take a picture and so I, t- I talked about it before. Called the octopus. You don't even want to know. I want to see what's happening. No one wants to see what's happening over here. It is. So it's I'm right gonna... here. It's right out of frame. You see where these cables <laughs> connect? It goes into just like. So it looks so clean and organized the way you have it set up. This is so my you're... life. This is how you are an actual organized person. You know, you said I'm big into scheduling. Mm. I can frame my life so that it looks like it's clean and organized but out of frame it is just i have just I, have, I have i have like well, just the random stuff uh here's a wrench to my bike seat that i lost but now i found but it's next to my thing here's a banana like i that's my life right now so are we good i heard i heard a sound i heard a sound too is loop but, back on oh yes 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 i can put that on but either way i'm going to okay. i am going to I can use one of the controllers on on Soundtrap. It's going to be good. Okay. All right. Um, so maybe um, do you want to start? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel bad because you don't have a, a keyboard. Yeah, this will be great. I can use the computer keyboard. This is as teachers, you know, we just got to work with what, we're, what we've got. So if anything has taught us from last yeah. year, it's that you just yeah. got to roll with it. So let me do, what, what tempo do we want? Oh, man. Do we say slow jams? We should do a slow babies? jam. We should do a slow <laughs> jam for sure. So what are we thinking? Like 90, 80? Nine, how about 98? No, that's really fit. How about 89? We'll flip it. 89. I don't know if I've ever made something at 89 before. All right. I'm going to do, let me do like keyboard sound, maybe something synthy. All right, and I'm going to add my loop back on because my friend Bob told me about this fancy trick that I can do 
Here we go. Now I can hear myself. And let me just hear the tempo. Can you hear that? I can hear it. All right. So I am such a synth. Do you like like washi synths? I love me a washi synth. like that what do we think oh, I lost it. so i'm gonna get where did my washi synth go hold on that's what i want like that that sounds good i like this let me play this down maybe loop that guy what do you think i think that sounds good it's a it's like not perfectly on but i feel like we don't want it to be too tight no 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 all right is that my part now you're gonna add yeah i'll add some guitar to it so if you press oh, oh ooh, ooh, i got my ding ding okay i got the ding uh, I click on the thing, and I got the thing, and then I press on the sync, and magic, I got it over here. I don't know why. I got to talk to the soundtrack people. It automatically thinks that I want to to loop everything. I don't want to loop everything. <laughs> that, okay. All right. So I am going to uh, I was playing that little guitar-y thing. So mm -hmm. I'm going to record the little guitar-y thing, dot, 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 question mark. Which one is my guitar-y thing? Uh, is it two or one? I think it's number two. Is two? 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 Yeah. Ooh. Da, Sounds good. Da, da, da. Okay, I'm just going to mute this just for right now. I'm going to hear it. Okay, so I'm just gonna go back and forth in between like a, like a like a G and a, a G and a, a G and a, something else. A G and an F, G and an F. Yeah, it has like a right. mixolydian kind of. Yeah, it's got a little mixolydian <laughs> thing it. in there. Uh, I am not using headphones. Never say you're using headphones, even if you're using headphones. It's bad. Here we go. All right. Add 
accidentally uh, recorded a MIDI tracky dealy do, and I'll sync. All right. Refreshing it. I guess you can't see what I'm doing unless I share my screen, huh? Cannot. Do you want me to do that? Can we? We yeah, can. This is something so. we could do. It's never been done before, folks. But we're I doing it right now. Oh, it's so think. good. This looks so good. Can you see it? Okay. You can. Okay. I see you and the thing. Look at that. This is amazing. Okay. Um... I'm going to start some like... Mm. I either want to do like a crunchy, really gritty bass part or some super open percussion. Yeah. What do you think? What, what do you? Hearing, I was hearing the open percussion. Why don't you crunchy bass? I'll crunchy bass. I like, I like fuzzy sounding. <laughs> These are all the words I feel like as a music teacher, I don't use as much as I do if I'm uh, playing music with people outside of, you know, teaching, but like crunchy, fuzzy, all that stuff. I like, I love heavily affected guitar sounds and bass sounds. What about you? I can, I love a, a germanium fuzz or germanium, germanium something. I like me a fuzz. I don't so know if there's any good ones on Soundtrap. Yeah. I might, I'm going to go with this guy for now. I might add some effects to it. Um, something that I like to do with bass lines is to loop, um, just kind of like loop, loop, you know, the main hook so I can see what different bass notes sound like under it. change kind of the harmonic structure that we started with. All right, here we go. I'm going to take this off. child a little bit <laughs> poor thing oh i'm sorry no it's fine 
It's a nightmare. Um, so really quick, I'm gonna maybe mess with it and add some like fun effects to it. But for now, I'll save it so you can add the next part. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm good? Yes. Ding. 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 And I will unshare. Sync. Okay. Um, I am just going to make things a little just much ergonomic for myself because my drumming's not that good to just like, okay. I like the hanging on the four chord. Hanging on the four chord. We're hanging on the four. We're hanging on the four chord. Don't worry, I'll change it back. But this is just for my drumming. Boom. So like when I hear something, then I'm 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 like hearing the the groove in my head. So I'll, I'll do I'll do the same thing. Keep the loop going. Whoa, hello. Boom. I could do this. Okay, there's that. And then what kind of drum sound? Maybe some soft blanket. We like the washed out. Let's add some reverb. Nah, that's the stupid sound. Uh, what is it? Muffled? Something I'll go for a little bit. <laughs> this roads pat the thing that's nothing there. When I add the add the bass in, what's wrong with me? Put bass in there, bass in there, bass in there. Just made some like some edits a little bit. Oh, you to did. The tone. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me. Uh... Can you both edit at the same? You might have said this while I was. Yes. Can All you right. both edit at the same time? Kind of. Okay. Um, I think we're editing at the same time. Somehow mine got displaced. That's interesting. I'll fix that. And then, um, can you, can you, can you just, can you just do what I want Ooh. you to do, Loop? Thank you. Go away. There you go. All right. So I'm going to add. Well, I didn't oh yeah, it did work. It added my effect. Good. All right. Um... All right. Um, if you could, I'm gonna sync, and I'm gonna add the drums on top of this. Mm -hmm. So let me. I'm going to dupe this, and then I will put this an octave down. I feel like I'm missing some low-end stuff. And then maybe I'll get rid of the distortion on that octave down. Boop. And that. So it'll just give us a little more. Uh, a little grunt. 
Need to do some some vocals after this, maybe a pad or two, and then I think we got something beautiful. Yeah. All right. Um, this a couple more times. And then loopity loops. Okay. Sometimes what I like to do is just do like a few takes and figure out what I don't like and what I do. I do not like that first one. 16th notes, kind of. This one's okay. It's in your face, but we can tone it down. All right, so we'll take this. We'll cut it. We'll get rid of this. We'll put this over here. We'll do this. Well, it's way too freaking loud. So we'll make things a little chilly, chiller, get all that tech. I'm just really excited because I'm jammed with Sarah Goolish right now. I love so. this. Also, what's the little trick you just did where you changed the volume in the piano roll? Oh, so if you go to V, V for mm -hmm. velocity. Uh, and then Ooh. you can adjust the velocities of all of the notes from... And then what happens is the timbre of each note changes. You know, like here's the, this. Yep. This is new. I'm learning new things. That is awesome. Cool. Oh man, what are we gonna do next? I don't know. Need some something, some some wordy words. Some words. What are what? Uh, recover and save. I'm always nervous when it says recover and save because I'm like, is it gonna delete something? Um, no, it's good. Share my screen. What should we sing about? Maybe sing. given heat. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Should we give me da, 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 da. So usually when I'm working on vocal melodies, it's a lot of nonsense and weird sounds, which I think I'm always like thinking on the teacher hat can be super nerve wracking and embarrassing for students to just sing nonsense in yeah. front of other people. Um, at this point, I'm pretty comfortable singing nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> So there might be a delay between my voice and this, but I'm going to um, just start singing over the loop. from the second or some of the notes from the second chord we do uh some word ideas should this be about giving heat oh it has to be about giving heat <laughs> i mean why, why could it have yes giving heat is this about giving heat is that what i'm feeling yeah and every time i said it oh 
So this side is the monitor, this side isn't. <laughs> That's helpful. So every time you do it, you know I'll give you heat. Ooh. Until you don't want, and we'll know we won't live through it. I give you heat, something like that. Perfect. Okay. Um. So do I, should I mute myself on the Zoom when I record vocals? That's a question. Uh, no, I think you should be good. Okay. Just don't have monitoring on. We'll yes. find out. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So I'm going to, and every time I, you do it, I'll give you heat. You know we'll both live through it. If I give you heat, I don't know what we're living through. A class, maybe? <laughs> yeah, we're living through <laughs> like the process. Wednesday, hump day. Okay. I'm not using headphones. Okay. Da -da -da. Let me do my vocal test. La -da 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 -da. Okay. I think we're good. And then the audio uh, cut out on one side. So thank you, uh, Sarah, for coming out in the podcast. I'm going to play the end. Uh, but as a consolation prize, I'm going to have my son say some words. This is, these are his first recorded words. Here you go, Lee. Say something. All right. So here is... I'll give you heat. Oh, yeah. You, you did... You know we gotta do. What is wrong? With, how many? How many me's? It needs that. What? That's that's how it ends. Oh my gosh. How many me's can there be's right here? Oh, we all need to do this in time. We need to give heat the whole time. Oh man. When they go in, we'll we'll do here. Okay. This is this is it. This is the final. Well, here we go. Um, I'm gonna. This is gonna be our outro. I'm gonna play it out. You know. Um. Well. Oh, I should turn the metro. Why is the metronome on? Okay, sorry, sorry, too too brash. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much, Sarah Goulish, for coming on the podcast. It has been excellent. Um, I am energized for tomorrow. I am uh, hoping other people will be energized too. Thank you so much. Always. <laughs>